When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Jonathan here with the Score North download. If you didn't hear it last segment, you can join Dan Terra, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Alvin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday for Minnesota United playoff action as they host the LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field pregame at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.43 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Rami today. He's uh, nursing a... Well, let's just say he had fun last night. He's doing I'm well. sorry, what's he nursing? He's ha- he had fun uh, last night. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Our guy Jason Fitz from ESPN and the uh, and this is the, this is the segue here. The countdown to college game day program, and we have give it to us straight here, Jason. Okay. We are okay. we are okay with you shooting us down on this, but our college football team here, the Minnesota Gophers, not usually a team that would pop up on the radar for things such as college game day because they're mostly terrible. Uh, they have had some pop-ups, and they've had some really good NFL players that have come through. Eric Decker, uh, Lawrence Maroney. They had some uh, Marion Barber. Like we've had, we've had some pop-up seasons. But the Gophers are six and zero. They play Rutgers and Maryland the next two weeks. They're probably going to be eight and zero and ranked in the top fifteen. They have Penn State on the schedule as a home game on November 9th, which is also the same week that LSU and Alabama play. And they have Wisconsin at home the last week of the regular season. Is there? Any percent chance college game day could sniff around the Twin Cities? I think so. And, you know, I'm not just telling you that because I like you guys. By the way, you get a day off when, you, when you've had too much partying last night, and it, it's the middle of the day. I'm with you on this. So that wasn't lost to me. I'm, I'm proud of that, by the way. That, that's, that's, well, <laughs> yeah. that's good work by you guys. And that's part of why we want to bring game day there. Heck, I mean, uh, I will tell you this. Today in the production meetings, as we start to look ahead to whatever, what we expect to, from college football season, one of the questions was asked biggest surprises, who we haven't been keeping an eye on, who we deserve to give more love to, what team should we be giving more credit to. Minnesota and Baylor were the two that came up. And, you know, I think dun, 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 here comes game day. First time ever. You know, and I think, you know, when you mentioned the, the matchups coming up, they've got a couple of really winnable football games, and then we're going to find out how good they really are. And uh, this Penn State football team isn't getting as much love as I think they deserve, and, and frankly, I think they're going to go out and just absolutely thump Michigan. 
uh, tomorrow night. So that's going to get a little bit more credit, a little bit more talk. But I think it's that Wisconsin game that you can sort of circle on there because Wisconsin is one of the few teams that has tried to build their, their themselves in a way that maybe could control the ball long enough to maybe keep Justin Fields off the field uh, for Ohio State. So maybe they could at hmm. least give Ohio State a game. And if they can do that, then there's going to be a lot of love for Wisconsin. Uh, I look at those two games at the end of the year as real tests for, for Minnesota and, and an opportunity to get love. And you really have to capture this. Like As a program, when you get this sort of a start, you have this sort of momentum early on, you have to capture it because it is such a big part of how you build perception and, and recruiting and money. All of these things come. So now that you're in this golden opportunity, you've got to take advantage of it. Listen to that. Jason Fitz is very excited about the potential of the Gophers being on game day. First time ever, if they get it. We'll see. Hey, how good... Uh, speaking of the Badgers, how good did you think that they were going to be? And because going in the the uh, to the year, the entire storyline was Big Ten West is up for grabs. There might be you know three or four decent teams, good good teams. I don't recall there ever being this much uh, conversation about the Badgers and watching them. They are really impressive to me, Jason. You know, I agree with you. And and the reason that we weren't impressed enough with the Badgers is because frankly. I think history is going to look back at this era of Wisconsin football as one of the most wasted eras ever because Jonathan Taylor is not just good. He's great. He's, mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's just great. He's epic. And so you're talking about a once-in-a-lifetime type running back that they've simply wasted because they haven't even been able to get competent quarterback play. So the, the reason that we're all looking at Wisconsin suddenly and we're saying, wow, wow, how is this happening, is because Jack Cohn is not only giving them competent play, he's giving them really good play. And if you look specifically at his efficiency in games against rivals, he completed 86% of his passes against Sparty, 81% of his passes against Michigan. He played better in those games than we ever expected. And when you get that level of quarterback play, combined with the fact that the offensive line is still playing well and combined with the fact that Jonathan Taylor is playing well, it, that's what makes Wisconsin exciting to watch. I mean, they're, they're a very good football team this year. And, and look, I think you got to have great quarterback play to beat Ohio State. I'm not sure anybody in the country by the end of the year is going to be able to put a point against them, but I love the thought of Wisconsin coming out, slowing it down, and just trying to wear them down over the course of the game. That's the only shot you got to beat in Ohio State. All right, so Jason Fitz, you earlier this week when you were hosting Outside the Lines, I believe you had Oliver Luck on the show, the commissioner of the XFL, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I I have so many. I could ask you like 30 minutes of XFL questions right now, but let's start with the unveiled... Their, Which, by uh, the way, I'm in for. I'm I'm in for that. Whenever you want. Yeah. Okay. Ahead. Well, let's let's start with we let's, all let's start with a few minutes and see where this goes. So uh, they announced their quarterback list. I mean, this is the problem, right? It's there's only like 20 viable quarterbacks in the world. Period. In terms of you know trustworthy franchise guys, and they're all in the NFL. Uh, so they un- they unveil their quarterback list, and it does include some familiar names. If you watch college football, Aaron Murray. Uh, Cardell Jones from Ohio State, Landry Jones. So there are some guys, Matt McGloin, that that if you watch college football, you know who they are. But are these quarterbacks? It's it's like it's a, there's not even a Tommy Maddox on this list. Like a guy who could maybe go to the NFL and be a starting quarterback. So I, that's what I'm worried about with the XFL. It's less about Vince McMahon and are they going to get it right from that perspective? I just don't know if the, there's enough quarterbacks in the world to make it interesting. No, I agree with you, and that's going to be the biggest struggle for the league. And and frankly, I don't understand why they rolled the draft out the way they did, because they did their draft. For anyone that didn't see, they did a snake-style draft, and they broke it down by position groups. So they actually, instead of doing rounds, they did specific 
you know, groups. Hey, today we're drafting skill positions, and next we're drafting defensive line players. They, they broke it up by group, and and in doing so, they sort of clumped it all together in this mini event in a boardroom. And you know, if they had had the quarterbacks to to launch with, then what they would have done is a huge event somewhere in a massive city, and they would have done this big. Hey, look at this quarterback going to this team, and they didn't accomplish that. And and you're right, you know, they they've got some quarterbacks that are brands in areas. If you want to buy that Landry Jones being reunited with Bob Stoops is a great story, the sure, I guess. But the other part of it to your point is it takes quarterbacks to fill stadiums. And I think the biggest fail that the XFL did is that they've already booked their leases to play in massive NFL stadiums. Ooh. So you want to tell me that the New York Guardians oh. are going to fill MetLife? No, they're not. So what you're going to see are 5,000 people sitting in a 70,000-seat stadium that nobody's going to give a damn about. And that's, that's such a bad perception on TV. That's the mistake I can't wrap my head around. From Vince McMahon, who understands entertainment, go small and make it look packed. Don't go huge and make it look dull. dull. And what's weird is year after year, league after league that tries to do this, they do the same thing, right? How many of these teams think, oh, you know, we'll play in, we'll play in the Viking stadium or that? And it's like, no, you're, you're exactly right. Find a nice little college or find something where if it starts, if it starts off slow, it's not like, okay, we just lost all of our capital. I don't understand this because there are so many uh, things and examples, Jason, that, that you can point to of exactly what you're talking about. It's failed. And the answer is very clear. You need to start smaller and build up from there. And here, real quick, here's the funny thing about it. So Vince McMahon, they launched NXT as a WWE brand spinoff. So they have Raw, SmackDown, and then they, they launched NXT a few years like ago. Minor league. Kind of like a small minor league system. Sure. And they don't do those shows from 20,000-seat arenas like they do Raw. They have a studio in Orlando that has, I don't know, like 500 people or 1,000 people, in, in, and they, they produce it up, and it makes it look full. Because it is full, because it's a smaller studio. So he's, he's done it with his own business, the WWE, but have fun at MetLife, Jason. <laughs> well, yeah, and you're, and the other part that, that just blows my mind is that most of these cities have MLS stadiums. So try and put it in the soccer stadium, at least, which is only going to see, you know, 20,000 for many of them, some of them bigger. But, you know, that, that gives you a better opportunity to at least somewhat make it full or, to your NXT point, do what wrestling companies have done for years if you have to. Build your own stadium somewhere with a, you know, cameras the way you want it and play the games in one location. Make it a draw that way. I don't know, but, but what I do know is that to y'all, to the point you guys have both made, the only way people are going to buy into the XFL is if it's sustained. And I think it's going to have to make it all the way to the year three, you know, because we've seen too many one year leagues that fold. And in the second year, people might start to buy in. It's going to have to get to year three. Exactly. I don't see how you do that having to pay the overhead of a stadium. Okay, what, in, in your mind, the uh, quick Jason Fitz solution, what can the National Football League do about officiating so that week after week after week, we are not talking about one, but as many sometimes as three or four games that were adversely impacted by the one thing that we should never have to talk about, and that is blown calls, replays, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll, I'll, there's two answers to that. One, I think the league's happy because we're having conversation about it constantly. It's just like the college football playoff. It would be easier if it was eight, but what would people yell about? So I don't think the, I don't think the league minds, and they showed you because they just did a new collective bargaining agreement with the refs, right? So they didn't change anything in there. The one thing they changed is the one thing they know they can fix. They changed the training process, and they believe as a league that over the next four to five years, the training process will make this better with the amount of young officials that they have. And that's right. I just said four to five years. 
So the NFL is telling you they think they have four to five years to finish this, to fix this problem. That means they're also telling you they don't think there is a problem. I, I think we just need to accept the new reality that refs aren't always very good at their job, and they're going to blow games. So you better hope your team doesn't leave it in the hand of the officials. Yeah, Major League Baseball needs a, a training program, too, or it's just K-Zones. They, they're just training a room full of electronic strikes. I think Joe West would be like, I love this training program. It's great. I'm finally learning how to call you balls know, and strikes. They could put a cowboy hat on the electronic strike zone. Hey, so I'd be cowboy Joe West. He can sing. Yeah. Hey, I'd be in for robot referees, by the way. Like, robot <laughs> referees in football, give that to me all day long. Put microchips in everything, make it robot referees, and then let's see if any players actually fight the refs at some point. Like, now we're, now we're taking this whole thing to another level. Rob- it, robot it's outside. a first down. It's a first down. Robot outside the lines host. Welcome back. I am Jason Fitz. Let's talk about the XFL. I think that's a thinly veiled critique of my work. No, and I, you know, I, I no yeah, it's Phil Mackey. <laughs> Phil Mackey, Fitz. <laughs> oh, that's well played. All right, you can hear Jason Fitz early in the morning on your drive in uh, between 4 and 5 a.m. First and last with Jason Fitz and also part of Goldick and Wingo throughout the morning. And uh, countdown to college game day, Jason. We'll talk next week, man. Thank you. Hey, if, if game day makes it to Minnesota, none of none of you are making it to work. Just heads oh, up. Oh, can't wait. Oh, hold amazing. on. Are you buying <laughs> your credit card? This is awesome. <laughs> I've got I've got a corporate card. Somebody somewhere along the way gave me a corporate card. We'll call it business building. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll see you next week, Jason. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, Jason Fitz from ESPN. It's been super fun having him on board. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Uh, did you hear what he said though? He basically op- he basically opened the door to the fact oh, that yeah. college game day might be coming here. Yeah, it's so. So, I, which week did you find that's that's the most realistic? The most realistic is the last week of the season, Wisconsin Minnesota, because it's a the Penn State Minnesota thing. There's not really a rivalry there. I right. mean, I get that they play in the same conference, but there's not really a rivalry, and that's the weekend that. Alabama plays LSU. Yeah, you're not going to. Yep. And you know, some people are saying, well, but that's a CBS game. Yeah, but they still, they don't care. game day doesn't really care about that. Nope. But Minnesota-Wisconsin is it longest-running rivalry in the history of college football or close to it. And I think Wisconsin's going to lose to Ohio State. They play Ohio State, I believe, between uh, then and now. The Gophers aren't going to go through Penn State and Iowa. Like The Gophers are going to lose a game or two as well. Sure. But even if that game's for the division and they're both ranked, that could be a game day spot. That could be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, Alabama Auburn would be the other game that week, but how, how many times are you going to do Alabama yeah. for college game day? It's not really interesting anymore. Write that down, predictions, when we come back and an accountability session. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.